Thank you. It's great to be here. I uh, always enjoy, I told Brother Eric, I said, I'm looking forward to being with my Arkansas family, and I mean that. I, I love being here. I love the people and the staff. Uh, the college group comes to our church every year, and I get to spend time with them. And uh, I, I don't know if I ever told Brother Eric how I first, I, I know you and I met first at Fellowship, but that's not where I first met you. Um, it, was, it was years before that when I was a youth pastor. Um, I was taking my teens to hear this really, really cool youth speaker that was going to be at this conference. And I was really excited about it. It wasn't you. But it was really cool <laughs> youth speaker. And, uh, and they, they, we got on the phone and they were like, um, hey, uh, I'm glad you're bringing this group with us and stuff. But you know, uh, our speaker backed out, but we got a substitute. And I was like, uh, who is this guy that you got coming in? I said, we were really coming for the other guy that you had. I was really excited about it. And uh, so I got off the phone, and I went up to my wife, and I said, so-and-so's not going to be there now. Now it's some bald guy named Eric Capucci. So it's like, <laughs> and I was stuck with this guy. So, but, uh, but anyways, we, we went to the, 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 the youth event, and Brother Eric got up and introduced his kids like he always does, Joe Mo, and went through the thing, and uh, I'll mess it up. So um, we fell in love with him at that time, and uh, from that chance, Anytime we ever got to hear Brother Eric, even though we weren't close or tight or whatever. Um, but I'll tell you what knit our hearts is the fact that he loves people. And I think for a lot of us, you guys are like me, get, I, don't, I don't want fake. I don't want, I, I'm tired of performances. I don't want somebody to get on the stage and try and outdo somebody else. I don't want somebody that's, you know, it's, it's people that are so hung up on themselves. The Bible makes it very clear that we're, we're to bring glory to God in all that we do. It's not, about, it's not about Gospel Light Baptist Church. It's not about Champion Christian College. It's not about Fellowship Baptist Church. We, we are here to push, to lift up our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I, I, I believe that with all of my heart. Amen? Just that said, I, in my heart, I'm just praying and I said, God, I... I don't, I don't feel worthy I don't, to be here at the Gospel Light, the church that I heard of for all these years, and definitely the pulpit that I get to preach in and lead in every single week. I don't, I don't deserve it. But I tell you, what I want more than anything is I, I, want, to, I want to lead a generation that's going to love God from their heart, not, ju- not just because some preacher got up and preached a cool message and they made an emotional decision. And I was um, in my neighborhood... And I was, I was jogging through my neighborhood. It was my first time we moved there. It was just, when I, what I'm talking about today, I'm sharing from my heart. I've not preached this, this in my church. Uh, this, is, this is something that the Lord's been working on me. Brother Eric asked me to preach. I said, I've already got something on my heart. I'm, I'm not giving you a fancy outline. I'm giving you a burden. And uh, as, as I was jogging through my neighborhood, I saw all these people everywhere. And I'm, and I'm thinking, man, that's cool, and I've never met them, and those look like cool people, and they, some of them had kids, and I'm thinking, man, I wonder if they go to church anywhere, and I was just was really moved in my heart about this. And, and I was thinking, I said, Lord, I pray that you will give me uh, a, an idea of reaching these people. Lord, I pray that you help me to go back to my church and start a campaign, and I started thinking of slogans and banners and what we'll put on the front of the bulletin and how we're going to just build this up. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking, man, we're going to go gun-ho. We're going to reach these people. Then I got discouraged. I mean, to the point where I stopped. And I just, I, I stopped and I thought, you know what? I'm tired even thinking about it. I'm, I'm tired of trying to motivate people saying, hey, people need God and let's get motivated. Let's get excited. How many people are with me? And it's like, ah. Oh. But I, I could talk about the Buckeyes. 
You guys don't know who the Buckeyes are. They were the national champions for all you guys. Our home, okay, the national champions. But uh, I, I could, you know, on Sunday morning I could get up and mention OH and the whole crowd. I, you know, they just shout it out. They, they love it. But man, I wish, I wish we had that when it came to the ministries and the work of God. I, I wish we were that passionate about God. You know what God spoke to me and says they won't be until something happens first. And I'm telling you, I, I'm not saying that God was whispering in my ear audibly, but I'm telling you, God spoke to me. God shook me up. I, I, I'm back, back to my house and I texted my entire staff and I said, guys, we're meeting first thing in the morning. I said, it's time to get real. It's time to get serious. We are turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. See, the thing is, I, I, I've grown up in church my entire life. I've been programmed. I, I, I'm in the zone when it comes to... A pastor could say, turn your Bible to whatever. I, I know the story. And I know the, the point of the stories is to say how, how big and awesome is our God. I mean, the, the whole thing, walk around Jericho seven times, the walls drop. Wow, how great is our God? You know, walk up and Pharaoh's army is coming at them from one end and they come to the Red Sea on this end and they're caught between that rock and the hard place. And Moses said, stand still and watch the hand of God. And he stretched out his arm and the, splee, uh, the sea split open and everybody walked across. I was like... Man, I know the stories. But this is what bothered me. We, we come in church and we sing how great is our God and we serve an awesome God. And, you know, we, 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 we say it, we sing it, we, we know it. But let me ask you, heart to heart, as I talk to a church that I know loves God, have we seen, are we there to an experience and an outpouring of a touch of God? I'm not saying manufactured by a campaign. I'm not talking about because you had a speaker that came up and preached a message 50 times that knew what to say, when to say it. But I'm talking about the filling of the Spirit of God upon us. I want to walk you through this, and I'm going to set it up. And I know I'm going to to get into the Genesis part here in just a minute, but I, I want to start and set up with God's preeminence. I know when I get onto this that I'm going to have you all on board. Every one of you is get there and say, yes. What God's preeminence, when we start with that, the Bible makes it very clear that God is everything. Actually, in Revelation, it puts it like this. Revelation 1.8, he said, I am, talking about God, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. You know what God was saying? God said, I was God at the beginning when I said, let there be light. He said, I'll be at the end when your knee bows before me. I am God there. I am God then. I will be God everything in between. There is none like our God. It goes on to the end of Revelation twenty two thirteen. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He always has been. He always will be. He is everything. He is the air that we breathe. He is the money that we spend. He is the supplier of all that we have. There is nothing that we do or we have that has not come from God. Would you agree with that? And we sit there. You guys know what it's like. I, I have three kids and I love them. And um, God bless me with them. I just was with my daughter. She's nine years old and she, she texts me. It's so cool to get a text from your daughter and just say, Dad, I love you and send me little pictures and things. And I came home and... Uh, crawled up in my lap when I got home and she's hugging me and telling me she missed me and things like that. And of course she wanted something, but don't, don't blow it for me. Okay. I was just soaking it up. 
It's like, before you ask me, just keep hugging me. But uh, that girl came from God. I thought every good gift and every perfect gift has come from above. And you guys are sitting there going, oh, you know, I know this. I know, I know we know this. And I tell you, we've, we've said it. We've talked about it. We will tell our kids that God is everything and God is big and God is powerful. And God is all that you need. And don't, you know, the, the graduates, don't leave here without God. Don't go in the world without God. Don't face anything without God. God is everything in your life. But is he? In Genesis chapter 17, we're talking about a man of God. I'm telling you, he's a man that loved God. He's a man that was like, God, I'll follow you. God looked back on him and says, and, and, and he's referenced that Abraham was a friend of God. I, I, I would love to have that reputation that God says, I, I have such a relationship with Tony that I consider him my friend. In Genesis 17, verse 1, And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make a covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Let's pray. God, as we get into this, I pray, Lord, that you'll just help us, Lord, to understand what you're saying. Lord, you are everything. Lord, without you, Lord, we cannot do a single thing to look for success without the power of God backing it up. Lord, bless this message, Lord, as we finish this out. I pray this in your name. Amen. I love in verse 3, Abraham's response. Can you imagine God coming before him and says, Abraham, I've got a promise for you. Abraham, I'm going to do something big with you. And he turned and he recognized God for who he was. The Bible says, and Abraham fell on his face. And God talked to him saying, as for, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Do you guys hear this? It's what God was saying. This is what we preach every day. God wants to do something great in your life. And we would chapel services, elementary, you guys in junior church, and telling the kids on the bus, give God your life, and God will do great things with your life. You, you can't, nothing in this world compares to what God has for your life. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham, or Abram, but Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee. Listen to this. I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. Who, who does the blessings come from? He said, I will make thee nations of thee, and kings shall come of thee. This is huge. This is God, and I, I, I've got this illustration, and I, I love preaching with illustrations because it's that visual of understanding, but you know, just the Bible compares us to a vessel. And God said, I, I made you. Everything that you are, I created. I, I knew you before you were ever born. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we know that. And the desire of all of our hearts is to have this and say, God, I want the fullness of God. God, I, I want you in every aspect of my life. Lord, I, I, want, I want you in everything that I have to experience the blessings of God. And let me tell you, that's the only way that it works. In John 15, verse 5, and you guys know this verse, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth. And the word says, much fruit. Now listen to this. For without me ye can do, what's the word? Nothing. Nothing. God comes up to us and says, hey dad, hey mom, 
hey teacher, hey leader, hey teenager, hey young person, let me tell you how this is going to work. I created you. I was there before you were born. I'll be there at the end of your life. And he says, I, I, I will never end. I was everything. I am the sustainer of life. I'm the giver of life. I, I am your provision. I'm your hope. I'm your faith. I'm your everything. By the way, you walk out of here and walk out of church and try to do your own thing. But let me make this very clear. Without me, you can do nothing. Church, please get that. See, I'm at the part where we all agree, just so you know. There's none of this and anybody's going to go like, well, of course. Yeah, it's God, of course. But then we get to this part. God not only is preeminent or desires to be first. Let me show you, God desires preeminence here. God says, I desire to be first in your life. Now, I know Abraham would step back and say, God, I, I follow you. You're my God. You're my king. Uh, everything that he did, being outspoken for God, God even said, I know that he would command his children after him. And this was a good guy. I'm, I'm talking about a church member. I'm talking about the church goer. I'm talking about the faithful people here. And the Bible talked about in Ephesians 3.19 that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. You know, you know what God was saying? He said, here, here's the thing, Abraham. He said, I not only want to give you and bless you and fill you, but he said, the only way, get this right here, the only way that you can ever experience the fullness of God is to be completely emptied of you. I know that you say, well, that's real profound. No, listen, I, 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 if I wanted to fill this up to the top with water and I was to take something and shove it down inside there, there's no way that I could completely consume it with the water if something else was already taking up space. Does that make sense? The only way that Abraham could experience the fullness of God. And it's not like we're trying to strive to get more of the Spirit. I'm saying we're just trying to give God every aspect of our lives. Then I thought of this. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, because thou sayest that I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Can I tell you right now that I, I, in, in churches across America, church people, we are satisfied. Have you ever been overseas? And I, and I'm, I, I went to Thailand last summer and I, I went through places where they, they lived in shacks. And, and I mean, I know we hear those stories and all this other stuff, but I mean, God was, we are blessed. Can I just say that? We are blessed. We've got this idea that we're suffering for Jesus. And my kids have told me I, I, how abusive I am and how hard they have it. I tell them, I said, here's, here's my phone. You call children's services right now. Their phone only has Wi-Fi. It doesn't have 4G. Okay? And I mean, I, I, I've got them in counseling to help them deal with this. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard, you know. But th- there's struggles in life. But I'm, I'm saying we're, we're, we just, we've got it. We, we, we are satisfied. We are blessed. I mean, I, I think a hard time is when I walk in Chipotle and I have to wait 15 minutes. I mean, that's, that's, that's a struggle in my life. Let me tell you what the Bible says about having God first in our life. Number one, it requires personal sacrifice. In John 3.30, he said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Paul said this, he said, I die daily. 
And it was all through Scripture when Jesus was calling the disciples. He said, if any man would come after me, he said, he must first deny himself. Take up his cross. I, I started getting in this and I thought, man, look at all those that have done great things for God. You know where it all started? I'm just telling you, as, as Americans right now, how many of us this morning could not, we, we say, I could not make it through the day without my coffee or my Mountain Dew or whatever that is, that, that thing is. And that's the way that I am. Brother Eric knows, I love Starbucks coffee. Ice Americana with white mocha and cream. Venti. Double sleeve, no cup. I mean, just the... <laughs> You know, I, I, I love those things. I got those things in my life that I absolutely love, and I've got it. And I tell you, we have a hard time denying ourselves. We have a hard time. And you know, when, when the Bible says over and over again, he went up to the disciples, and they could not cast out the demons. And he said, this can only be accomplished by prayer and fasting. I'm denying ourselves, having the fullness of God. Let me tell you guys, we as Americans have gotten to the point where we cannot deny ourselves. Whether it comes from the lust problem that we have, making it to the third trip at the buffet in town, being able to walk away from dessert, walk away, whatever it is, talk about fasting and praying. We can't skip a meal without being grouchy. I thought, where, where, where is this at? How in the world are we going to ever have a, a burden for others if we can't first deny ourselves? I, I started doing this, and the Lord laid this on my heart. I thought, man, look at the work that Christ did. And I know at the end of his life, he told the disciples, all of them, he said, go out, you'll be able to do greater things than what I have done. And I'm, I'm just baffled at even thinking that. And I started asking people, I said, what was the first thing that he did? What, at age 30, was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ? And I had answers, and I'm telling you, Never did I, and all the people that I, I talked to, and I asked this, and I just started going through my church, nobody ever came up with the answer that I found in Scripture. This is what they said. He called the 12 disciples. He turned the water into wine. He went to John the Baptist and he went all these different things. And you know what I found out? I, I started reading. The first thing that Jesus Christ said is he went 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, crucifying his flesh. 100% God. And 100% man. Let me tell you right now. You can cry out for the blessings of God, the anointing of God, the fullness, the spirit of God, the moving. But I'll tell you, we will never be able to get there until we can deny our flesh. It went a step further than that. He, he not only in, in, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 9, And God said unto Sarah, Thy wife shall bear a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him, as far as Ishmael, I heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. Now listen to this. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac. No, I, this is my wallet. It's all that I could find that would fit down inside this thing that I had with me. I didn't come prepared. Bought this at Walmart last night. So God looks at him and says, all right, you, you know that thing that you love? I mean, really, really love. God's looking down in the life of Abraham and he said, dude, I know you very, very well. And he said, although you've poured out your life to me and he, although you've followed me and God, my, my life, my riches, everything that belongs to you. God looked down at him and says, but there's still something in there that I see. 
There's something that a lot of us that say, God, I love you and I surrender all. And we lift up our lives to God and says, well, what about that? There's that thing that we hold on to. But he said the covenant, the blessing, the outpouring, the, 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 the anointing of God, all those things. And he said, I'll give you exceedingly fruitful blessings. Hinges on that. We get that? I mean, I, I'm reading this right from Scripture. Because I'm telling you right now, we do a lot of things and we are surrendered. But I am finding it wasn't just denying himself. He brought it to the next level and he said, Abraham, what I need from you to bless you in that way is total surrender. I know it's going to get really quiet now, okay? And I understand that. Because that's, there's that area of our life that say, okay, now just back off. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, we're continuing the story. And, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham. And God said to Abraham, and he said, behold, here am I. And God's saying, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to do that big thing with you, okay? Man, I want to bless you. I want those things that you pray about and how you, how you say, God, bless my family and, and anoint my church and work in the college. And Lord, all those things. He said, I hear it. Let's see how serious you are. He said, Abraham, he said, behold, here am I. And he said unto him, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac. You know what, God, I'm going to show you something that God was doing. God's saying, yeah, this isn't just some random choice that I'm choosing. I know what that means to you. I know how you hold on to that. I know how you've skipped some of your prayer nights to be with him. I, I know how you sit there and you, you, your heart loves Isaac. But let me tell you, Abraham, right now, without me, you can do nothing. And I'm telling you right now that if you're going to hold back, I can't give you the fullness of God if you were holding on to something else in your life. And he went on, he said, whom thou lovest. That area of your life that you hold dear to your heart, that area of your life that you say, I cannot give up. That area you'd say, God, I just, oh, I hear Brother Cabezi, he's like, that's great. Trust God, give him, oh Lord, I, I surrender, I'll praise you, I'll sing, I'll come, I'll do this. And then the offering plate comes and go, whoa, honey, all right, things are tight. I mean, babe, I mean, I know we're in this church thing and everything right now, but I tell you what. We surrender all, babe. I mean, all to God, we surrender. We surrender all. And God says, oh, we'll go accept that. Now, I know this, this is the way that is, but I thought with God, that same vessel will go there and say, God, I ask you now to fill us. Lord, I know that you are the sustainer of all, and you're the giver of all, and you're from the beginning. You'll be there at the end. Lord, all that I have comes from you, and you are the giver of my job, and you pay our bills and everything. And Lord, we give everything to you. God, I can't trust you with this. Do you know how many areas of our life we hold back? I went to lunch with a man in my church. He sat across from me. He's broken. He said, Tony, you know what? I, I, I want to see God work. And this guy's done a lot to go out, all out for God. And he said, you know, he said, I added up in my life. Now listen to this. I added up in my life our entertainment movie tickets on the weekend, our cell phones, Xbox Live, Netflix, Hulu, you go through it. I mean, they, they, we just consume our lives. 
how much we spend on Starbucks and how much we do this and that. We go out to eat and how much I'll, I'll pay the bill and, and tip the waitress $10, $15. But I don't give one dime to the church or missions. Still sitting there saying, God, fill my cup. I know money is one of those issues that we've got, but let me tell you, I don't care to preach on money. You say, well, yeah, because it's not your church. <laughs> He's got nothing to lose. I've learned this a long time ago. I cheat people when I don't tell them the truth. See, all that you have came from God. And now first point is like, amen. Everything came from God. He's the supplier of God. He could raise Abraham or Isaac from the dead. He could split the Red Sea. When it comes to that, you hold back. And maybe it's not your giving in your life that is that Isaac in your life, but it's something else. It's that young people that won't sit there and surrender to God. It's they, they, they could be an outstanding testimony. They could be that person that literally brings revival to the youth group. But I tell you, they can't give up being cool. I don't want, I don't want everybody. I, I, I mean, all the girls think I'm cool. I, if I went to the altar, I raised my hand or I did something like that, I'd lose my coolness. But in my heart, God, I want everything. God says, no. And we do this with our kids. You know, it's like, go down the altar. Dad, I'm praying about going to the mission field. Ah, you know, what about the mission field down the street? I mean, they need Jesus too. Lord, don't take my child. Don't send him to Bible college a thousand miles away. Lord, don't, don't, don't. And I, you know what I'm realizing? That every one of us have that area of our life, whether it's our time or whatever, that one thing in our life where we sit there and say, God, all to you, I surrender. But we hold back from God. Get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. Upon the mountain, which I will tell thee of. I don't know about you guys. But yeah, that's hard. As I grab a hold of my son and say, God, I can't live without him. Have any of you parents ever thought in your heart saying, God, I don't, I don't know what I would do. You were to take my kid or my spouse, whatever. It leads us to this next point. It requires complete trust. Verse 3, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went to the place which God told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Let me tell you something that we have lied. Pastors, myself, have lied to churches before saying a comment. I've gone up to people and I've shook their hand and stood at the altar of the church and said, let me tell you right now that God wants to be part of your life. Let me tell you, for every preacher that has ever said that they lie to you, God doesn't just want part of your life. He wants all of your life. And I know we know that. But that, that, that whole concept of God saying, hey, hey, Tony, just, just a minute. Let me see this. Yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> I've got so much more than that. It's not funny. Now, it's not a wealth, prosperity gospel that I'm preaching right here. Give and you, you go to your... Mailbox and look for that check tomorrow. I'm not saying that because that just shows your heart. But I am saying that God is much bigger than this. For us to sit there and tell our kids that um, he saved your soul from eternal damnation in hell, but he can't make more of this, makes us look very, very hypocritical. 
To sit there and say that God is the sustainer and God is the provider and God can do anything and God can raise the dead and God can make something out of nothing, which he did all through the Bible. And then to sit there and not trust him. It's an issue of our hearts. But the story continues. In verse 5, And Abraham said to his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come to you again. I'm like, what? Wait, wait a minute. You, you think you're going to go and come back. You think you're going to give and, and God's going to give back to you. Yes, I do. Because here's the thing. My God cannot lie. And God promised Abraham and said, I will make thee a great nation out of your son Isaac. And he's taking Isaac going, I got to kill you, but I know we're coming back. And I don't know how this is going to work, but I know God cannot lie. And when we're struggling, we're going through life and the offering plate comes around. And I promise it was not my intention to turn this into an offering giving thing. But let me tell you, in America, we love our money. We love our pleasures. We tell people all the time, we're so strapped. We're strapped because of the pleasures that we have filled our lives with. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and took him to fire in his hand and the knife and went and both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father. Guys, get this. They went both of them together and Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. Where's the, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide. Am I reading into it? My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together. You know, I fear a generation coming behind us that will never experience the fullness of God because they've never followed a dad that says, hey, trust God. He'll never let you down. Follow God. You know what he was doing right there? He was changing the course of history. We need young people that are going to stand up and change the course of history of saying, hey, I'm not just going to tell you a story about when they did do it. I'm going to show you how God still does it today. That's what we need. Lead them, guide them, show them. Stop just telling them about our God. Show them the power of our God. And the whole time I know that Abraham was leading his son hand in hand. But let me tell you, in the eyes of God, that's not what God said. God saw this the whole time. God, all to you, I surrender, I surrender all. He is yours. I trust you. I say, wow, this is really negative. You know, it's like, Here's the thing. Go cancel your Netflix. Throw out Starbucks. Boycott everything good in life. You know, cancel your vacation. Let's pray. You know. <laughs> I promise, that's not the message. I just have to explain to you how God works. You get it? This idea of just walking through empty, this idea, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm just poor and innocent and empty and just scraping to get by. I, I tell Christians all the time, you've got a problem. Don't, do not be a Christian. Do not be a greeter in our church where somebody comes up to you and says, how are you doing? I'm just trying to keep my head above water. And it's like... I'm here, aren't I? I was like, yay. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength today. You know, just like, I promise you, that's not how it is. See, here's the last thing. God's blessings follow his preeminence in our life. God's blessings follow this. 
When you get to this point in your life where you say, God, all to you I surrender. Lord, it is yours. My son is yours. My money is yours. You sit down here with wife say, hey, let's write out the bills. First we've got, and it's just no stop. At the top of that list, write God. I tell you, at the top of the list, God is first. Sit there and write out your schedule and say, hey, the church has this big outreach thing that we're doing this week and this and that. And say, man, that's great. Honey, but don't forget we have T-ball and we promise the neighbors and we go in this. And don't forget this. No, God comes first. God first. The angel Lord called unto him out of heaven, verse 11, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, lay not thine hand upon thy lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For I know that thou fearest God. Here he is. Stop. I know you fear God. He says, faith without works is dead. Do you get it? Raising your hands in worship of the plate passing by or whatever the act is of you obeying God. Faith without works is dead. And you say, I'm not seeing God work. God's not working. God says, that's right. Your faith is dead. Your hands are lifted, your words are coming out, but your actions are dead. And stopped him in the act. And he said, lay not thine hand, neither do thou think anything harm to him, for thou knowest the fear, that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Underline that in your Bible. Thou hast not withheld thy son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Behind him a ram caught in the thicket of horns. And Abraham went unto him, unto the ram, and offered him for burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called unto the, the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it was unto this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time, and he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, God, because you've done that thing, Isaac, your heart, the thing you've held on to, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessings I will bless thee and multiply thee. I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. Why? Because... You trusted me with that which was at your heart. Take you to a promise of God where he says in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. What's the first part? You don't believe it? You need to circle the word give. Your time, your talents, your treasures, whatever. Because we want the part, and it shall be given unto you. We come to God like this all the time. God, come on, bless me. Bless my job. I need a job. I need more money. I need a bank account. Lord, I need to get into college. I need to be accepted. Lord, I, I, I need a new car. Lord, I, I, I need a cute girlfriend. I need it. I mean, it's like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But we skip the word give. Put me first. I will bless. My son, Logan, is uh, learning this. He uh, got rich last year. I mean incredibly rich. For his birthday, he received $100. He's 11, so $100 is like, whoa! I mean, he was walking around with that $100. I mean, just like, couldn't believe. So we sat down and we said, Logan, Sunday is church. 
let's go to the bank. We're going to break up that money. And I said, God comes first. Me and mom do this. You see us every week put our money in the offering. God comes first. I believe in the mission of the church. I believe in obeying God. But I want my kids to. And my son said, well, dad, how much? Because I can give a dollar. And I said, no, you need to, you need to give $10 wasn't an easy thing. I'll tell you what, he was very upset. I mean, we were like horrible parents. So we went to church, he went to class, and he's in his class, and he came out, we're in the car, me and my wife had that, you know, like, yeah, we, we, we wanted him to do it. I didn't want to, you know, grab it out of his hands and throw it in the plate. And we looked back, and he said, Logan, did you give, did you give that, did you give money today? He said, I didn't give the 10 like you said. He said, Dad, that they were talking about a missionary. And he said, I, I, I gave a 20 instead. I didn't tell my son to give 20. But he let go of something that he loved very much. And I, didn't, I wasn't even like, well, here's 20 back. See, God gave, given a shot. I wanted God to work. Let me tell you, we don't have to play substitute for the Holy Spirit of God. We serve a real God. And that week we were going on a trip and my wife had to cancel and I was going with the senior citizens of our church. And uh, we were, my wife had to cancel, so I took one of my kids. I said, Logan, why don't you go with Dad? And he's like, what are we going to be doing? And we were going to Sight and Sound Theater and this big stuff and things. And I said, we'll be fine. Dad's driving the bus, so you have to sit in the back with all the um, older people. And he's like, okay, all right. So he's sitting there. We went on our first stop. And he came back to me and he said, Dad, so-and-so just gave me five bucks. And I said, what did you do? They just came up and pinched my cheek and said I was cute. I was like, (laughs) I said, you get that from your dad. It's all right. So so, um, we stopped at Starbucks after that. And he came out with a a venti frappuccino. And I'm like, where did you get that? I thought he blew his five bucks already. And he said, no, so-and-so bought it for me and gave me 10 bucks. I said, Logan, what are you doing? He goes, I don't know. I'm just, they keep saying I'm cute. He was the only, he was like the only grandkid. I was like, come here. And I was pinching his cheeks, getting them all rosy red. Go get him, boy. You know, just like, you know, <laughs> hook daddy up. I get 10%. I, you know, I was like, I'm like, yeah, hook me up. We're in our hotel that night. And he's on the bed. I said, what is all that? He had over $100 from being cute. $100. I sat down next to Logan and I said, Logan, remember what you did last week? I said, what are you talking about? You gave that 20 instead of that 10? The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Can I finish the verse? Good measure, pressed down, Shaken together, running over. That's what we're missing. I'm tired of running on empty. I'm tired of running on the bare essentials. There's something about us and our Christian life saying, God, none of that that I had is greater and more important than you. Let me tell you. Abraham was a man of God. He would have been a deacon and a leader of a church. But even him had to evaluate his life of what was first. God gave him Abraham. And God blessed. I want 
to see God work. But let me tell you, it must begin with brokenness. When you get and you have that desperate need, and I guarantee you, Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't just run out of the wilderness, he came out. And the Bible says that he was baptized, and he went in there and he lifted up his hands, and the Spirit of God came down to him, and he said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And from that, he changed the world and he gave salvation, but it started with hands lifted high, sacrificing of himself, saying, God, my God, I am yours completely. Every bit of my life, I hold nothing back. It will only, only start in our lives when we are emptied before God, before he can ever fill us. With heads bowed and eyes closed,